Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tuning us in and turning us on. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What's really funny about this is that uh, we're going through a complete rebranding, and I think you all are probably pretty sick of me talking about our upgraded technology, so pretty soon you're going to start to see it. But what's fascinating about this is as we're going through it, we're having to make what we think are important decisions. But on the other hand, many people think, oh my gosh, why are you agonizing? And so one of the things that has to do with today's show and my very special guest, Stephanie James, joining me here today, is this show started with the spark 16 years ago. The network started with a spark 11 years ago. But until I read her book and I started to look at what what Stephanie is talking about, it wasn't clear to me how absolutely perfect that word is. And the reason that it's perfect for a lot of things is that once you feel the ignition, so it reminds me, Benny, it reminds me of my Harley Davidson. Okay, I know Stephanie's like, seriously, how is she going to relate her Harley Davidson to my book and what a spark pot is? Well, here's what it is. If you own a 61 chopped out Harley Davidson and that chopped out Harley Davidson doesn't have an electric ignition on it, you get three shots at kicking that 850 pound chopped bike to have that motor turnover. You get three. You don't get four, three. That's it. Because if you don't get it, if that ignition doesn't spark after three really hard kicks, it floods. And the reason that I was reminded of this today as we go into celebrating our 11th year and after reading Stephanie's book, We come here today in 2021 as two people, and many of you, challenges beyond belief. But at some point, you emerge as she has emerged as an author, a filmmaker, a psychotherapist, a keynote speaker, a radio show and podcast host, a transformational life coach. Now, Would that have happened to Stephanie or to me if for some reason we didn't really have to pump that engine up a couple of times 
even if he got flooded and kicked that Harley Davidson into gear? I don't think so. So today we're going to talk about with her, her fabulous book, fabulous, fabulous book, because this is a message not just for our time, but it's for a time in the world that we live in today. We're going to talk about what it means to remember we have that ignition power, regardless of what mudslide you find yourself in or what situation. Stephanie, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pat. So happy to be here. Look, I, I, I have been doing this for a, a, a long time, but you know, honestly, it doesn't feel like a long time. Um, and you know, I was listening, I was watching one of my shows that I like to watch, Law and Order SVU. That, I've been a fan of that. I'm a fan of Mariska Hargitay. Actually, my dad dated her mom. So I don't know, maybe that has something, nothing to do with it. But there's a point in the show many, many times she says to other people, I've been doing this a long time. And what that means to me is when she says it, it's not I've been doing this a long time and it's just so painful. I'm doing this a long time and I've learned something. I want to ask you this question, given everything I've said about you, and I haven't even touched the surface. Here you are as this amazing person, this author, the spark igniting your best life. What are the challenges? What are the obstacles, Stephanie? What did you have to overcome to bring you here today to this moment? Yeah, thank you, Pat. Great question. First of all, I have to acknowledge as a fellow motorcycle rider, I totally get you and feel you <laughs> on the spark. And, and you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I have a saying that none of us get out of childhood unscathed. We all have these challenges and, and difficult times, and my life was no different. I feel really blessed that I had 13 years of a really happy childhood, I would say, for all accounts. Um, I was a daddy's girl, definitely. You know, my dad was a professor here at CSU in Colorado, and I was his little constant shadow. You know, if, if he was mowing the lawn, I was mowing the lawn. If he was taking a nap, I was pretending to take a nap just so I could, you know, lie beside him. And um, I, I bring all that to point because at age 13, that happy childhood was absolutely blown apart. Um, it was irreversibly broken a night when my brother and I heard the screeching of tires going down the driveway and looked out the second story window of my bedroom to see my mother tearing down the driveway, my father jumping on the hood of the car. And, and these are people we've never even seen fought. Like when I say happy childhood, tons of family, tons of love. Um, and unbeknownst to us at the time, my father had told my mom that he was having an affair with my best friend's mother. And so, you know, it, things just went nuts. And so longer story short, um, you know, my mom who absolutely adored my father, they'd been married 18 years, she, you know, she, and she is one of my dear best, best friends at this time. But at, at that time, you know, she just emotionally fell apart and, and couldn't handle it. And so what I did was naturally, I was a daddy's girl. I went to live with my dad and you know, what ended up happening, my stepmother, soon to be stepmother, uh, 
she really didn't want me to continue having the relationship I did with my father. And so I went from being this, you know, really, really close and tied to him to I was not allowed to speak to him alone. I wasn't allowed to spend time with him alone. And literally to this day, I have not been allowed to speak with him on the phone alone. Um, and was, was basically told the way we loved each other wasn't okay. Uh, and of course, it was just a daddy and daughter relationship. Um, but it really became the heartache of my life. And mm -hmm. at 16, when I moved back in with my mom, my father stopped speaking to me for a year. And so that manifested in my life as just feeling really unlovable. You know, all this rejection from my dad, really feeling like, boy, there must be something wrong with me for him to be able to reject me. And so, you know, Pat, I really went through some dark times. I had about 10 years of struggle within myself, within relationships, you know, trying to seek this approval and it was, it was really tough. It was messy. I was depressed, you know, at 16, when dad didn't talk to me, I definitely felt suicidal. Um, so I, I feel like when I'm speaking about the spark and as this has become such a huge part of my life, it wasn't, the, you know, I, I, I think that part of what I've recaptured is that little girl from those first 13 years of life who was just in love with everything. You know, I love people and nature and animals, you know, I mean, that was who I was. And it took me a chunk of time to get back there. But you know, you and I have such interesting parallels, such interesting parallels. And if we had more time, you know, I, I would really chit chat with you about them. But because I went through something similar, um, uh, it's hard to explain to other people how gut-wrenching it is, right? It, it's really hard. It's not like, for example, as children, you know, when our parents divorce or my dad, uh, actually, same thing, relationship with my stepmom, but my mom passed away, right? She actually committed suicide and she left me letters. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what I know, right? But... It's hard for people to understand what that's like, especially if as a young child, your relationship is with somebody like that. How do you get to have a relationship with yourself? I mean, right? We're kids. Here yeah. we've got this, then we got zero. See, and, and Pat, you're, I think you're bringing to point something so important because I think if my father never had been close to me my whole life, it would have not affected me in the same way. But because we were so close, it's like to go from here to nothing. And that void and that rejection left just such a wound in me that I really, I mean, I carried it around for about a decade before I could really overcome it and really start having a relationship with myself, truly learning, you know, as I talk about in the book, how to befriend myself. Because I literally, you know, as I said, carried around the thought of something's wrong with me. I must yeah. truly be unlovable. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that it's interesting because we hear about so many horrific stories um, of, of what's especially, you know, going on in our world right now. There's, there's no shortage of those painful stories. Yeah. And yet we can't compare our stories to anyone else's. You know, Pat, like your story just like touches my heart already. And I'm like, oh, and I, you know, I tell my clients this all the time. 
we can't compare our stories no. because what we went through affected who we are and how we are in the world. And so our wounds are important, you know, and how we heal and take care of ourselves is important. But I think what it does do, and this is something you talk about in the book too, for those of you just joining in, I'm here with the most amazing, first of all, let me tell you, the book is called The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. Uh, Stephanie James is joining me here today. The reason that I bring it up is even though you cannot possibly experience somebody's experience, it's first of all, I have a belief you can't even duplicate your own experience of something. It's impossible to like have a thing happen at six and then say, oh, I, I'm going through it. No, you can't go through the same thing again. But here's why your message is so important. You have what I call an empathizing widget inside of you. You got this widget and it's I call it a little empathizing widget. And what that means is that you can talk to your clients, you can talk to other people, you can write a book like this, right? Because you're touching the heart of somebody that may be experiencing those feelings. What would you say about this idea of what it takes to rise up and ignite that spark. Because, and the reason I'm asking you this is, and I, there's a couple of things in the book I do wanna pinpoint and talk to you about, but there's a rising up that happens. Like in my case, I just numb myself for three decades with drugs and alcohol. So I was, that was just like, I mean, come on. It, you know, like starting at eight years old, I found another way not to be part of anything, right? But that's not igniting a spark. <laughs> if anything, that's what happens when you flood the engine right? Yeah. How did you find a way to rise up and realize that it's the spark that starts the engine? Well, you know, one of the things that has really always been a truth for me is knowing that that spark existed. Mm. And so I, I think it exists. I, I don't just think, I, I know it exists in everyone. You know, I, I, it's our essence. It's who we are. It's that just you know, sense of joy that emerges from us when we stop all the thinking and we stop trying to do all this external comparison or external gratification, it's always there. What happens is it gets covered up with life, you know, and with these experiences like you and I have gone through where then we've got to excavate it and, you know, to allow it to shine again. So what I did is at some point I decided, yeah, I, I need to do some therapy work. I did <laughs> EMDR work, um, joined spirituality groups, definitely did the deep dive, Yeah, you know? And I think some of the, some of the best things were learning how to actually like myself. And one of the ways that that happened truly was through meditation. When I could quiet down all the exterior and I'm not talking a huge, some people think, oh, meditation, you know, you're doing it for hours a day, 20 minutes in the morning. That's yeah. all it took to start yeah. quieting the voices. And then it's, it's the one thing that I talk about. I think that when we learn to befriend ourselves, sometimes it's when we feel, and that was definitely true for me in those situations, like that nobody was there for me during that painful time, like at 16. And I, I had totally to right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
16 to 70 had to be I, people say, what, what's your worst year, Pat? I don't know why people ask me. I, I'm, I'm called Dr. Positivity, but they want to know what my worst years or nightmares are for some reason. And so when anybody asks me what, like, pinpoint, I have to think, was it really 1992? No, no. It was between age 16 and 17. What was up with that, Stephanie? It's so tough for everyone, I think, to navigate through that time anyway, but add on families breaking apart and all this drama. I mean, it, yeah. So, but I do think one of the things that really, really was essential for me was starting to make these commitments to myself to show up for myself. And they're really, they're little small commitments that people can make every day that make a difference in how we feel about us. So when I tell myself, okay, I know what's good for me. I need to work out every morning. I need to meditate. I need to do gratitude journal. You know, I want to prime my mind, body, and soul for the day. And every time I don't do that, I'm letting myself down. So I, I'm not building a relationship. And the beautiful thing is the reverse is true. The way we befriend ourselves and say, you know what? I'm going to make myself a priority in my own life. And I'm going to show up for myself every day. I'm going to say, yep, I'm doing this. And we show up and then we start learning, wow, I've got my own back. I can start trusting myself now to show up for me. And Pat, it's no different than a regular friendship. You know, if you were going to meet a new friend, you wouldn't be like, hey, I totally trust you after this first meeting and I'll tell you everything about me. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to depend on you now to pick up my children from school. You know, we're not going to do that. And, you know, so we have to cultivate that, right? We have to cultivate that relationship. The same is true for us. It's not a light switch. We don't make one grand decision like, oh, I love myself now, done, right? It's, it's something that we build every day. And honestly, one of the ways I did it, and I have my clients do this, is every day that I would show up for myself, I would put, instead of crossing the day out on the calendar, I'd put a heart on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. And it's really cool to go through a month and look back and you see all these hearts looking back at you like, wow. I've really been taking care of me. I see me, I value me. And because of that, that started changing everything in my life where then I could actually hold it when other people were giving me love and attention and showing validation instead of rejecting it. There's two things in the book that I wanna, I wanna talk about before we go to break. Um, and I can't remember which page it's on, but I was really pleasantly surprised you talk about apology, right? Now I wanna talk with you about this because there are a lot of books that get written. Very few really address apology. Uh, what would I say would come close to what you're talking about here? Uh, maybe, maybe in the 12 step programs where they talk about, they don't say apology because they talk about amends, but they talk about humility. And I would love for you to talk about this because one of the things that I find so important in this, Stephanie, is it's great to talk about the spark, but the introspective journey you took in order to ask people or share with people the power of apology, I think is underrepresented in all the self-help books. What was it that sparked your interest in this particular transformative shift? 
So for as far as the apologies go, I feel like my interview with Harriet Lerner, when I had her on my show, her book, Why Can't You Say I'm Sorry? What <laughs> a powerhouse book. And it really resonated in my own life because we're gonna have people in our life who are not able to apologize to us for the things that they've done that hurt us. I think it's really important to realize that part of that has to do with their inability to hold on to themselves or their own identity and somehow saying, I'm sorry, it gets rid of any kind of foundation that they have. It's all ego-based. So I think it's important to think about, uh, you know, th this piece of we don't have to have an apology from someone to heal. And I love her thing about we don't have to give a full pardon apology to heal. That's right. Um, you know, because for, for so long, right, we've heard, oh, you have to, you know, say I'm, you know, you have to say I'm sorry, or you have to forgive 100%. And the reality is, and the example that she shared with me that I love is she had two people in couples counseling with her, and the husband had had an affair, they came to counseling, worked it out, and, you know, came back. I think a couple years later, because they were having issues with a child that didn't have to do with their relationship. And what Harriet Lerner said to them was, you know, where are you guys at now? How do things feel? And the husband says to the wife, well, I'm imagining that you've totally forgiven me for what happened before. And the wife said, well, not exactly. <laughs> I, I forgive you 95% because we've done the hard work, we've done the therapy, our relationship is awesome. The 5% the I will never forgive you for is the fact that you slept with this woman in our bed while I was gone taking care of my dying father. Yeah, wow. That, that's not forgivable. It doesn't mean I'm gonna hold that energy. I'm not gonna hold that negativity around it. It just means there are some things that they really aren't forgivable. Yeah. And also too, isn't it true? And I am so glad you brought up that interview and you, you know, her work because, you know, you, there's also somebody that we're going to talk about here when we come back from break, that was pivotal for me. Um, and I was given his first book. I don't know how many decades ago, somebody must've looked at me, Stephanie and said, Oh, honey, you are in trouble. You need some help. You know, this is the book. You got to read this book. Um, but the idea of condoning an offensive behavior is not what apology or forgiveness is about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if we don't do it, we are shackled to that person forever. How does that affect the spark? Right. Well, and so that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think that we can have forgiveness and by it not having to be, you know, full pardon, if you will, it doesn't mean we hold the energy of it though. And I wanna be really clear about that. You know, some people truly believe you have to forgive 100%. It's not that you, it's not about holding on to that energy and saying, oh, I'm yeah. still, you know, all those cords are cut. Yeah. There are no more cords between us and that past. Yeah, and you know what, we're gonna talk about this because the next part of your book, you dive into something I find which is extremely important and really shifted my life. And you also quote in your book, um, 
the author of the book that was given to me at probably one of the really lowest points in my life when I thought very little of myself, really little. And it is Man's Search for Meaning and Viktor Frankl. When we come back, I would like to talk with you about that. I was really happy to see it in here. And it's hard to explain to people how pivotal that book is. Because when we come back, I want to talk about resilience. But I also want to talk about the resilience of emotional bank account, right? The resilience of our emotional bank account we call attitude. Before we do that, Stephanie, how do people find out more about you? How do they get a copy of your book? So people can find me on www.stephaniejames.world and they can get my book on Amazon. Um, The other thing I want to ask you about too is... um, when they go to your website, people can, you know, connect with you. They can see the work you're doing, all of the above. Um, the other thing I want to say to everybody is we have two copies, Benny, of the book to give away uh, today. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for paying that forward. When we come back, I want you all to think about this phrase. I'm going to read it before the break, give you some time to think about it. It's what Stephanie has included in her book. And it is a reference to man's search for meaning, psychiatrist, Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl. And it's V-I-K-T-O-R-F-R-A-N-K-L. For those of you that are Googling now, here's what I want to leave you with for a moment. What was really needed was a fundamental change in our attitude toward life. We had to learn ourselves. And furthermore, we had to teach the despairing men that it did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We need to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life daily and hourly. When we come back, Stephanie will introduce you under what conditions Victor Franco wrote this, everybody. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www. DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares practical tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you learn to live your best life. Live the good life, connecting your physical and spiritual self with Sabrina Wright. Every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationDocRadio.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.sharonmartinmd.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Benny. Let us go ahead, if we could, and give our first copy of Stephanie's book. Stephanie James, my very special guest today, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. Um, I just read from it earlier about Victor Franco, but hold on. So this is, I just want to read this uh, about what Jacob, um, Jacob Israel Lieberman says. In a world where most of us are successful at everything except life, the spark is a must read. It will jumpstart your life. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and right now we need that help. Um, so 1-800-930-2819. That's our toll-free number. Benny will say hi to Benny. 1-800-930-2819. We'd like to give the first copy of the book away. Um, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, thank you for writing a book that is the book of our time for sure. Um, for people out there, I want to make sure that you know it's Stephanie, stephaniejames.world. Is that correct, Stephanie? That's right. Yeah. Uh, or you could go to the sparkpod.com. You can go there too. Uh, yes. And kind of listen to everything Stephanie has to say about everything. She's kind of like me. We just talk about stuff. Um, I want to talk about the Victor Franco quote. I want to talk about the, the fact that it comes two pages before the chapter on grit and resilience. When I read that and when you came across it, what, what did it touch? What part of your heart did it touch? What was your, what was your aha from Frankel's view on what he was experiencing? Yeah, you know, here he was in the worst of circumstances in Auschwitz estranged from his wife, uh, from his family. And the thing that, that just struck me so deeply is the thing that we can't control our outer circumstances. Oftentimes we have no control. Control can really be an illusion. We love, we love to think about control. It makes us feel good. We love predictability. We love to have habits and routines, but the, the reality is we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. When we get really tied into our circumstances dictating how we feel inside, I think that's that's where the rub is. 
and Viktor Frankl being the most amazing example of what that is to be in the worst of circumstances. And what, what struck me from his book was a walk that he went on when he was, they were forced to walk. This is in Auschwitz and his shoes didn't fit his feet. They were walking through ice and snow. His feet were bloodied and cold. And what he chose to think about during that walk instead was how, because he was a psychiatrist, that's important to say. So he kept thinking about, I'm going to live, I'm going to live through this so I can share this with other people. And so he was imagining having these big speeches and these, you know, at these big auditoriums where he would share this wisdom and share his experiences to help others. And that to me was so huge. It, you know, the, to have the right, he said, to choose one's own attitude, to find one's own way. I mean, there's so much power in those words and they're just as applicable to our situations now as we see all these things exploding in the world with the pandemic and politics. We, we can get really caught up in the fear or the anxiety of it. And it's really important that we can remind ourselves the one thing we can control is what we want to focus on. Yeah. And, yeah. and we know, you know, it, it's a principle in physics that what we focus on expands. So it's, it's not about, it's not about rose colored glasses or putting your head in the sand. You can acknowledge what's going on in your body and the emotions that arise. I think that's very important and not to have that be the focus of your day. I always tell people don't listen to the news first thing in the morning or last thing at night. What you want to bring your day in with is how do I want to show up for this day? What do I want to be in gratitude about for this day? And that's really, you know, what Viktor Frankl was all about. He really, he saw the worst of humanity in, in that concentration camp. And he also saw the best. He saw people that were in the most dire conditions, offering up their last piece of bread, bringing levity to the barracks. Just an amazing man that really shows us that we still have those inner strengths, those inner abilities to choose, no matter what has been stripped away from us on the exterior. You know, and I'm really touched by what you're saying because it then rings true as you go on in the book to talk about the mindset of resilience. And I wanna take a moment to talk about this with you um, because often we, and I come from my corporate experience when resilience first popped out as a thing, right? Like a thing. And uh, in very few people at all really wanted to talk about the fact that you needed to have mental resilience and emotional resilience. You know, they didn't talk about this resilience mindset. And that is something that I, I went back and I read this particular part of the book at least two or three times, right? Because you talk about it right before you talk about getting gritty. And I love that term. You know, you got to get down and get gritty with Stephanie. That's what I'm saying here, right? Uh, what would you say would be at the top of your list to help people today? And today is an interesting day. You know, my relatives in Georgia, they are texting me and like, they're like, oh, Auntie Patty. And, you know, because my stepmom's from the South. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I have a really positive stepmom story, which I didn't get to. Um, so I'm getting those messages and I'm, I'm really looking here at the world we're living in today. But your advice 
no news in the morning, no news at night, that is a game changer. But what have you found helps you most to get gritty? Well, honestly, it, it kind of goes back to what I said before. I think that part of what helps us get gritty is, you know, it's that saying about put on your own oxygen mask first when we're in the airplane. We have to take care of ourselves first. That is actually the least selfish thing you can do. Because when you are trying to help all these other people and not tending to your inner garden, to your inner self, you're not pulling out your own, your own weeds in that inner garden, then you literally are operating on fumes. So we have to learn to show up for ourselves first. And I think what has helped me the most in my life, number one, is having a meditation practice. And I'm talking, it could be 10 minutes if you need to start with guided meditation. YouTube has a plethora of offerings. And I just think when you're grounded in yourself, there, there are you know meditations that people could do right now today where you literally just sit your butt on the floor and put your back against a wall. And for 10 minutes, all you do is feel into the floor. You feel into your rear end, into your legs. So you're feeling grounded, you're feeling supported. And then for 10 minutes after that, you could lie in a yoga pose, which is called Shavasana, where you're lying flat on your back with your palms up and just letting what any information that came through integrate into you. You're worth 20 minutes a day. You know, I, I think we have so many things scheduled. We have to allow that time for ourselves. And I really love the idea too, Pat, of having bookends to your day, not only just not watching or listening to news at the first thing or the end thing, but our brain goes into theta brain wave state first thing in the morning, last thing before we go to sleep. That's when our brain is most susceptible to input. So we want to be putting things in there that are going to make us feel good. So at night, I love the practice of, I, you know, I, I keep this, uh, it's an orange stone that a friend gave me from her creek in front of her home in Arkansas. And I hold that stone just as a touch point, you know, it's a reminder, it's there on your nightstand, you can see it's like, oh yeah, I wanna do that. So it could be anything that someone wanted to hold that would remind them through muscle memory, okay, I wanna think about what was the best thing that happened today. And this is important for two reasons. Number one, you're marinating on it and whatever you're marinating and thinking of right before you go to bed, that's gonna be marinating around in there subconsciously for the next seven, eight, nine hours. So we wanna be intentional about what we're focusing on. The other thing that's wonderful is whatever we hold up in our brain, it experiences as happening now, whatever we hold up in our mind. That's why if we're worried about something next week, tomorrow, it's not happening, but we're still experiencing the anxiety right now. Yeah. Same thing with regrets from the past, right? Oh. It's, it's if we're in there, if we're living in the past, our mind is experiencing it as we hold up those images as happening now. So we're getting all that negative emotional download. So the wonderful thing is we can do the same thing with something positive. We can think about what was really good today. And some days it's okay if the best thing that happened was you had to walk around the block with your dog or you, you know, it was sunny out today, but to really focus on that and to hold on to it. And again, marinating on it for a few moments is so imperative because negative experiences in the brain, they're like, like Velcro, right? Our, our brain says, I'm going to hold on to this because I need to remember this to survive. If you touch the hot stove once, you don't have to touch <laughs> it again to know that is going to hurt. And so the same thing with positive experiences, 
uh, it's opposite in our brain that positive things are like a Teflon pan and they just slide right out because the brain doesn't think we need them to survive. So in order to get some of these things to stick, we want to tell our brain, yeah, this is important. And it only takes a couple moments of really holding something. When I say marinate on it, that's what I'm saying. We're holding it in an emotional sense. We're holding it up in our mind. And then the mind goes, hey, I'm going to pay attention to this. And again, the way our brains work, as we focus on what's good in our life, what feels good, the next day you're going to notice more and more and more. So oftentimes I challenge my clients to a 30-day challenge of doing the bookends to your day, right? Beginning with a meditation practice, even just writing, what are three things I'm grateful for this morning? Feeling good about that and then doing the bookend of your day. What's something really good that happened today that I can marinate on? And I promise you within 30 days, you're going to yeah. see how those neural pathways have changed. Yeah. You are feeling different. You are having resiliency. You are experiencing life in a different way. And you are building that internal grit that just helps us get through the, the bumps of life. There's no question about it. And by the way, Stephanie, your book is filled with these things. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about both of our experience, both Stephanie and my, my experience with homelessness. You know, there's a part that she writes about in the book that for me, um, you guys reading the book, you may blow by it, but it's really at the crux of what we're talking about when we talk about the spark. Because there are many, many exercises I give my clients that I work with. One of them that is, has to do with the homeless people they run into. When we come back, we're going to talk about how shifting starts within and how a simple occurrence, a passing by, warranted Stephanie James to put two pages in her book to talk about. 1-800-930-2819, second copy of the book. Let's take a break, Benny, David, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack, and yes, our office is open, and we are doing strictly phone consultations. If you would like to call and get tuned up, it's perfect time with everything that's going on and things aren't calming down. Pick up the phone and give us a call. It's quick and easy and it's fun. If you'd like more information on it, you can look at maryjanemack.com or call our office at 888-777-4232. Are you ready to become an unstoppable force of love in the world? Then don't miss the Creative Empowerment Show, Invoking Radical Love with Rachel Chase live every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Rachel shares tools, stories, and meditations to spark the flame of profound wisdom within you. If you want to awaken your superpowers and activate your heart, visit rachelchase.com. What we've been taught and told is not all there is. Life is all about energy, and the energy you feel is real. Tune into The Energy Paradigm each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com with Dr. Vic. The Energy Paradigm is an eye-opening, mind-shifting, transformative, and earth-shattering way to live, work, and do business that will enable you to unlock your magic every day. Visit TheEnergyParadigm.com. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? 
Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. Hey, everyone. It's me, Psychic Medium Jamie. And me, Spirit Walker Nicole from Shades of Spirit, bringing you another Shades of Spirit tip of the week. Jamie, have you ever wondered if you might be an empath? Yes, I have. And some signs that we may be an empath include an inexplicable desire to avoid crowds in places like movie theaters, shopping centers, and restaurants. You know, sometimes I'm able to walk into a room with other people and I know exactly how they're feeling, even if no one is saying a word. I can attend social gatherings or other events and find myself so emotionally exhausted and physically drained that I could probably sleep for a week. If any of these examples resonate with you, please come check out our new live podcast, Shades of Spirit. It's on every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. You can also find us at shadesofspirit.com where you can book your appointment or call us at 858-684-7575. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am here with the most amazing Stephanie James, The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. And as I said, there are two books to give away, 1-800-930-2819. Stephanie, one more time, tell people how they find out more about you, please, uh, and get a copy of the book. Sure. And listen to your podcast. Yeah, thank you. So it's uh, stephaniejames.world. And that's my website. You can listen to my podcast at thesparkpod.com or you can find us on any platform any podcast platform and i did want to share with you too my, my books on amazon and starting next week i am starting an igniting your best life group so <laughs> it's actually a group that will go through the chapters month by month and If you go to my Facebook page, which is just Stephanie James, it's right there on the page. There's the links. And so what I'm offering, it's $47 a month, but people can sign up for the whole year and they get a month free. And I would love people to come join me. I'm doing that and a meditation group Thursday mornings. So really excited to have people join. I, I say, I love to spread the spark, spread the spark, not germs. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, I love that you're taking this approach with people because, first of all, they need they need structure. And also, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. At least that's my experience. You don't know what you don't know until you're in the middle of it and something shows up and a light bulb goes on. Uh, And you and I both had a couple of light bulbs go on from different experiences in the world of homelessness. But I brought it up because it's in your book in a number of places. But what also is aligned with that is the depth of your humility around it and your acknowledgement around it. Why was this so important for you to share your stories around this with the people you met? Yeah, you know, I think that for me living in, I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and like all towns, we have a large homeless population. Yeah. And I think that you know, it, it's really easy to feel really happy and how our sparks ignited when things are going great. And yet how important it is that, you know, one, one of my true deep missions of my heart is to bring as much love and healing to the world as possible. And so 
the way that that happens is through every interaction. I don't care if it's the butcher at the deli. I don't care if it's the person that's, you know, doing my bank transaction or it's the person walking down the street. And I know we're wearing masks now, but it's okay to stop and wave or you can still say hello. And, you know, Pat, the the story that you're making reference to was as I walk to work, I always have to pass by. I park a couple blocks away and walk to work. And on my way to my office, I'm always walking by. There's homeless people on the corner there. And this one particular day, there was a gentleman and I could I could see this homeless person coming up from behind me. And there, you know, there is, there's oftentimes that natural instinct, like, uh, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't, you know, this person wants money from me. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't want to get in a conversation. And we forget that these are other fellow human beings. These are, these are people that also need love, greetings, attention, affirmation, just to be seen. And as this gentleman walked up, he just wanted to say hello. So he says hello to me. And I said hello. And he looked at me and said, you sure are beautiful. And I just said, oh, thank you. And when we were at the light, the light changed. He walked off and left. And I was just struck with this just deep experience of like, oh, my God, this man didn't want anything from me. He gave me a gift. I had that to carry with me. And so I'm I'm often touched. I, I have a friend who lives downtown, and he is just a man of service. He's got such an amazing heart. He's always giving tea to the homeless. He lives about a block from the shelter. So it seems like they're always, you know, there's so many people walking by and he's giving someone a coat or a blanket. And it's such a great lesson for all of us to just, you know, we we need to, all of us need to be seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and just to honor whoever comes into your path. Yeah. It's okay to say, yeah, I, I don't, there's times when someone asked me, I said, you know, I don't carry cash on me. I don't. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, and I'm wishing you a good day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm like you. Um, I, you know, generally speaking, I I don't generally carry cash, but I do carry change only because I like throw things in my pocket. That's my style. It's just like, well, what is in her pocket today? Um, but a smile or even a kind gesture, right? You know, especially for somebody that's on that path and that journey because unless you've been homeless it's really we are so quick to judge folks right around that um and you know sometimes yeah there are situations where you have to be really mindful right but in the end what you just shared is what victor franco shared and what so many of us really do need to learn right now there's a level of humility that really doesn't take anything away from us. That's not what humility is, is it? It actually strengthens and builds a platform. Because I don't think without it, we can fire that spark, can we? Right, right. It's both and, right? We, we, we have to not only ignite the spark within us, but what makes it beautiful um, and and I have a, actually a documentary coming out in the next few months, and that's really what it's about. It's called When Sparks Ignite. Wow. About how we, you know, when we do our own healing, then that becomes the match point that ignites something within us that can then become 
those sparks that we share with the rest of humanity, that becomes our gift. So I think that is the important piece. You know, we've got to excavate this inner spark. We've got to allow it to ignite and then we have to share it. Oh, totally. That was the last piece. And thank you for saying that, because that is for me what you just said right there. That's why you're here today. That's why you wrote a book. That's why you're forming groups. That's why you're helping people across the globe step into that space where they actually believe that there still is a spark within themselves, that they're not their circumstances, they're not their lives. And Stephanie, I want to thank you for doing what you do and continue to take the message out in the world. Um, many, many people need to hear your message today and for days to come. Um, I'd love to thank you. Please remind people how to get a copy of your book. And then I'd like to know what your personal message is, what you would like to leave us with today. Sure. So people can get the book on Amazon and you can also get it off my website. On my website too, you can find out about retreats and events and that's at stephaniejames.world. And you know, the, the message I just love to leave people with is, is actually just that, Pat, that there truly is hope. And that each one of us, by taking that time and learning how to befriend ourselves, we can start growing and cultivating this wonderful relationship with us that then it then becomes like the, the pebble in the pond. And so those concentric circles of healing can radiate to everyone around you. And so your own healing is the biggest gift that you give to the world. And what an opportunity to, to spend time right now. You know, I think as we start the new year, this is a perfect time to say, how can I invest in myself? Yeah. How can I become that within me that gives room to allow that spark to shine through? And that's I, I just get so excited about it. And it really is my passion because you and I both, Pat, we've been through hard circumstances and people have been through harder circumstances, I know, than myself. And yet it doesn't matter. Like Viktor Frankl, he went on to have another marriage and a wonderful career. There is, you know, I, I have I used to have a sign in my kitchen that said it's never too late to live happily ever after. Yeah, that's right. And that's the truth. And yeah. so we can begin by, by taking care of us and allowing it to continue to spread and just bringing each one of our special gifts to humanity. I love it. And I want to remind everybody, this is dry January for all of you out there that are participating to the 575% increase in online alcohol consumption. Take it from us. You can do it ignite the spark. Stephanie, thank you. Benny, David, and thank you to the best listening audience on the planet. You are the spark for me every day. We'll see you next time.